Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Hello and welcome to this week's Geek Town Radio. This week I have with me... I love reading books, it's fun. Amanda. <laughs> Hello. Hello. I'm never going to get tired of that jingle. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know how much you like it. So. I really do. <laughs> so how are you? Yeah, good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing very well. Good. It's been a busy week, but I'm doing very well. So good, good. What have you been up to? Um, I did Race for Life on Sunday. Yes, I saw that. You were that you were fun. running. Yes. yes. Um, so yeah, my, my legs are not really thanking me for it, but I still went out for a run today because <laughs> I'm not not letting them rest. Yes, that's yes. always good. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, other than that, um, watching Game of Thrones, obviously. Yes. Uh, and so uh, good this week <laughs> oh so <laughs> no it, it, it's it's been awesome yes uh, i'm liking the developments of all the, the i'm really liking um brand storyline yeah that's getting very interesting they they showed a clip on thronecast afterwards of um the next week's episode and uh there's there's some very interesting things happening with brand in there's just a little clip they showed and oh, yeah that- that, that's so exciting. I'll have to watch Thronecast back. Yes, there's there's right at the end they they do a a clip and right at the end of the clip there's a little shot of Bran making some new friends by the looks of things. Although I mean it's probably in a vision, but somebody's trying to wake him up from the vision. Oh. And yes, it's it's uh, yes making new friends. Oh, oh, so, okay. Well, that's uh, interesting. That's a nice teaser. If yes. there was one. Um, his storyline was the thing I was most excited about this week, and then he wasn't in it. Yes, yeah, they used him. Uh, yeah, yeah, and Aria wasn't. Was she in at all this week? No, she wasn't in at all this week. Yeah, uh, but a lot did happen with her last the uh, last week. So yeah, yeah, the, that's been that's been good. Have you seen that image that's floating around the internet of her at Starbucks? No. There's like a little illustration of her at Starbucks and then obviously the barista's like, oh, what's what's your name? And she's just, a girl has no name. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just standing there like, um... <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. I like that. 
So yeah, and and uh, Daenerys storyline this oh, week. Oh yeah. Although that has got some of the traditionalists up in arms about the fact that the um uh the the ending of that episode has got traditionalists up in arms because she's not supposed to be permanently fireproof and she now is according to the show by the looks of things oh so, i didn't realize that yeah no neither did i because i don't read the books no but, uh, I, I want to but i haven't read, read them and i think that i'm so far into the show now and i love the show so much yeah that i wouldn't necessarily want to be that person that's that's oh, in the book it was like this yeah because i've ruined quite a few a few movies that i probably would have enjoyed if i hadn't have done that yeah, I think you wait um, wait a couple more seasons because I reckon that Game of Thrones will only have a few more seasons in it. So yeah. so wait until it's finished and then go and read the books. Yeah, and then wait for a million years for... for, for it, yeah, for, for to actually to finish, finish it. Yeah. Apparently as well, her, her hair is meant to burn off. Oh, okay. Her hair isn't meant to be um, unburnt. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, well, she obviously didn't want to shave her head. So, no, no. Which is understandable. <laughs> Although the blonde hair isn't her hair anyway. No, well, that is true. Yeah, that's true. But, but imagine trying to get your hair under a bald cap is probably the, not the nicest thing in the world. No. And it's an extra load of makeup. So if you yeah, can convince them true. not to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. What else? I've um, been watching um, 11, 22, 63. Oh, yes. Yes. Really enjoying that. I, I like a good time travel show. Yeah. Yes. Well, you're, you're in luck because there's a lot coming. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> um, I think James Franco's making is 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 a good TV lead. Yes, yeah. No, I've been really enjoying that as well. I think it's a uh, it's a Stephen King ad- King adaptation, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's um it's another one of his short stories that's turned into a TV show. It's uh, yeah, I've been really enjoying that as well. It's about the um, Kennedy assassination and somebody sort of going back in time to try and st- stop the Kennedy assassination. Yeah, but that's but been the, really interesting. Yeah, but the, the fun vehicle about it is that the the fact that the past doesn't want to rewrite. Yes, and it will actively push back. Yeah, I I do really like that. It's it's kind of interesting because it it gives a time uh, becomes the sort of an antagonist of the show which is kind of interesting yeah so no, i'm really enjoying that yeah that's good um and other than that i've been sort of enjoying the joys of having now tv again because of game of thrones and all of the wonderful things that are on there <laughs> we're watching quite a lot of um last week tonight with john oliver and i love that show so much so good yeah and i love that he's from Erdington. <laughs> yes, I've forgotten that. Yes, he he's is. local. Well, not so much anymore, but one. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> That's such a good show. It's so funny. So funny. He's got such a different style of comedy as well, and I think one of the reasons why he's made it quite so big in America is the fact that he he isn't trying to be the British person perplexed by their culture. He's just yes presenting well, as an American. Yeah. Which I, I think, you know, he's, he's sort of what he did on The Daily Show, which what is, which is what got him the gig in the first place. So, yeah. you know. He's brilliant. And I love how positive he is as well. Yeah. Like he's yeah. very cynical in his comedy, but he's still a very positive person. Yes. Yeah, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying it. Yeah. yeah. It's very but good. I've got them all, all on loads of different things on my watch list now, um, on Now TV, things that I just want to binge on. <laughs> so, yeah, we're not getting rid of that now once Game of Thrones is done. Yeah, no. It's ours forever. It's, uh, it's definitely worth keeping. There's lots of good stuff on there and lots of good box sets and that sort of stuff. It's, yeah. it, it's, a, it's a good, cheap alternative to Sky, definitely. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, anything else? Um, I think 
that's it. I'm seeing Civil War this week because my friends have been awkward. Um, <laughs> finally managed to pin them down. Oh, that's brilliant. It's, it's really good. Ant-Man is superb, uh, particularly. Oh, it looks uh, amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it's really good. Um, so I, I went to see that uh, fairly early on and I'm going to try and get to see X-Men some point next week as well. I oh, think, so. I can't wait to see that too. Yeah, so it looks good. TV-wise, obviously Game of Thrones, uh, Peaky Blinders as well. Um, How is that? I haven't watched any of the new ones yet, but um, me too. That's been really good. I mean, it's the same brilliant quality it has been for the last few seasons, so yeah. still really good, still um, uh, excellent. Uh, you know, Killian Murphy's still excellent, um, and with his slightly dubious Birmingham accent. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and, uh, apparently, that's what the Brummie accent would have been like back then, but I'm not sure if that's just people defending it. Yeah, well, that's possibly the case. Because apparently, we, because we had a lot of people from like Ireland and Liverpool and... Yeah, yeah, well, makes sense. Coming to the city. Yeah, makes sense. So, yeah, that's been really good. Um, Silicon Valley, which started up again recently, I've been watching those. They're hilarious. Um, very, very funny about the sort of trials and tribulations of, of working at it or you know, running a tech company in Silicon Valley. So that's been really good. Upstart Crow. I don't know whether you've caught any of those. No. Um, it's, it's a sitcom from Ben Elton um, starring David Mitchell. Oh, uh, I'm in. As, yeah, I thought you might be. <laughs> um, starring David Mitchell as William Shakespeare. And I'm even more in it's it's essentially Blackadder. <laughs> oh my god! I've <laughs> um, heard of this show. It's it, it it kind of really snuck in under the radar. Um, I think it's on BBC Two. It was on last night. Oh, but I am going to download some of those episodes. I play it and watch it on the plane to Florida next week. Yes, that's a good idea. Um, right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's called Upstart Crow. Stars David Mitchell, written by Ben Elton. It's set in Elizabethan England, and it, it is it's basically like a, a sort of new version of Blackadder. It's got very much that sensibility about it. It's very, very funny. Um, Amazing. And and well worth watching. So um so yeah that's that's one to look up if you've not watched it yet. They'll be on iPlayer. I also last week went to Secret Cinema in London to see uh 28 Days Later, which was really good getting chased around by infected in a in a warehouse in London was, was <laughs> quite was quite good fun. I love anything like that. I went to Scarefest a couple of um years back and there was like a zombie walk. Right. And I was like, so petrified. I was just sort of staring this one zombie in the face whilst I was walking backwards. And he had to break character to go, you're about to fall down the stairs. Because <laughs> I was just walking backwards, like looking at him like, I can't look away from him because he'll attack me. <laughs> That's very funny. Yeah, yeah. They, they, um, they've done a really good job with it, this. It, it's not quite to the same level as uh, the Star Wars one, but I think part of that is also the fact that Star Wars is Star Wars. Yeah. And, and nothing is quite going to beat taking off in a, in a spaceship, kind of landing and walking out into an area where they've basically dressed up like Tatooine. 
Um, <laughs> I just, I yeah. mean, that was just phenomenal. They did such a good job with the Star Wars one. That was always going to be really difficult to top, but it was good fun. Um, you know, really entertaining. If you like zombies and 28 days later and that sort of stuff and like a good scare, it's worth going to see. I think they've, they're running till the end of the month in London. So you can still go and get tickets for it. Um, but yeah, that, that's one definitely worth going to see. And gaming wise, uh, still working through the Nathan Drake collection on PS4 at the moment, uh, which is, is good fun. And I've got Tomb Raider standing by when I finish those as well. So, um, awesome. so that's good. So unless you've got anything else, we can move on to TV and film news. Awesome. Yeah, let's do it. Lots to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> This week, rather than just doing normal TV and film news, we're looking at the upfronts that have come across from the America from America. Upfronts are the presentations that they do to the press and uh, sort of interested parties to sell new TV shows um, or you know and announce their new schedules for the autumn season and also stuff that will be coming in kind of winter and early next year. They also announce all the cancellations which is is the downside of it boo so um yeah rather than doing all the cancellation and renewal stuff at the end i've moved it up to here because it's quite painful some of it and i think we should probably go through them first abc in particular those nice cute fluffy disney people were rather more maleficent than snow white this season um handing out poison apples to everybody <laughs> and and just completely murdered half their uh, their shows so um <laughs> cancellations or notable we're not going through the whole cancellation list because uh you can get that on the website but notable cancellations that came up this week agent carter has gone <laughs> yeah i that, i'm really upset about that because it i mean i know the second season it was always very likely that it wasn't going to get picked up again um abc have got a new president in charge which is also part of the reason why they've had such a big clear out so um yeah agent carter unfortunately is gone and will be no more i hope they still bring her back maybe in some of the agents of shields you know flashbacks or something yeah that would be great um there's petitions going around to try and get her onto netflix which would be good as well but that would be amazing given the numbers that they were running when it aired on abc i don't know whether netflix would actually touch it but it would be good if they could do that so um that's gone nashville is also gone which I know has quite a popular fan base over here and that upset quite a lot of people, but uh, unfortunately that's gone as well. Castle, which is Nathan Fillion's show, they slightly shot themselves in the foot in that they were, they were trying to work out how they could do the renewal for cheaper and announced that if it did come back, Stan Akatic, who was the co-lead, wouldn't be coming back with the show. And so it seems firing your female lead is possibly not the best way to win fans, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> so, uh, so that's gone. The Muppets is not oh, coming back. No. <laughs> I know. I'm um, not ready. <laughs> they killed the Muppets. I'm How's, sorry. <laughs> No, I'm overcome with emotion. <laughs> yeah, so um, I, it, it seems the new format wasn't working. I'm hoping they'll come back and do something with them again, whatever the format the show is, but I, I'm hoping at some point they will get revived. I'm sure they will, but 
yeah, that that as a TV show wasn't working. So those are the main things from ABC. There was one thing from Home. Uh, I think it's an ITV show. Home Fires apparently not being renewed for uh, I think it was the third or fourth season. So that's gone. Everyone, CBS CSI Cyber has gone. Person of Interest uh, has gone, but. Uh-huh. Uh, yes, Batman. <laughs> You're quite right. The show looked a bit like Batman. That that's we're already a couple of seasons behind on that anyway. So we've still got a couple of seasons to go on that, and they they're getting a final. I think they're getting a final shortened run, but it's basically been cancelled. Good Wife has gone, and Mike and Molly was already cancelled off that. Second Chance won't be getting a second chance. That's running on. I can't remember. One of the networks has just started running that over here. Um, but that's not coming back. Border Town has been cancelled. Containment has been cancelled, which I'm not even sure has started to air over here. I think it's due to come onto E4. But that's not getting a second season. Undateable has also been cancelled. Mysteries of Laura has been cancelled. And You, Me and the Apocalypse, which was a co-production between uh, Sky One and NBC, it won't be coming back either. So Ooh, lots of cancellations. Yes. So uh those are the most notable cancellations. If you want a full cancellation list uh and renewal list, there it is up on the website. A couple of notable renewals though. Um Supergirl. Yay! Which uh was on CBS in the US. So it, it, all the other Belanti DC shows all run on the CW, and Supergirl was running on CBS. The problem is that that's quite... Supergirl has a much bigger budget than the other show. Not that you know to look at it, but it does have a much bigger budget and um, was quite expensive to make. Part of the problem with that is the fact that um, to run it on CBS, they had to pay a load of money to Warner Brothers for the rights to run it. So rather than do that anymore, they're moving Supergirl from CBS to the CW. So it will be on the same network in the US as Arrow, Flash and Legends of Tomorrow. The good thing about that is it means it will make crossovers an awful lot easier. So you might find Supergirl showing up in some of the other shows a lot more than she has been. There has been one crossover with Flash this season but you might find that there's more of that going on now they're on the same network, which is and good. And they're always fun. Yeah, and they're always fun. At the moment, it shoots in LA and everything else shoots in Vancouver, so it's a bit up in the air still about whether it's going to move from LA to shoot in Vancouver. Um, if it does that, there will probably be some cast changes because not all the cast are going to necessarily want to move. So there there are some changes coming to that show because the budget will be dramatically reduced as well if it's moving from CBS to CW. But given how well they cope with things on Flash and Arrow and those, you wouldn't know there was a huge budget difference between the pair of them. So I don't think there's too much to worry about. But it has a new home. It's getting a second season. It will be on the CW. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's that. Uh, the Catch also got renewed, which we'd mentioned last week. Uh, it's one of the Shondaland shows, and it did look like it wasn't going to get a renewal, but they apparently decided to pick it up because it's a Shondaland series and everything she touched turns to gold, even though that's not got particularly great ratings. They've decided to stick with it, so there's that. Sleepy Hollow has got another season, despite the fact that they uh, killed off one of the leads in the show. Although I think it wasn't done for budgetary reasons, that was because she wanted to leave, so you can't really blame them for it. Uh, But that will be coming back for another season. And Code Black, which was very up in the air about whether that was going to come back, that is getting a new season. So those were the sort of notable renewals that we had. There is, as I say, a full list of renewed shows up on the website as well. 
there was a couple of pilots that we'd mentioned on previous shows that, that haven't been picked up that I thought I should point out. Uh, one of them was Drew, which was sounded like a hideous idea. It was the adult Nancy Drew show. So it took the, Nan- the, uh, the whole idea of Nancy Drew being this kind of teen detective and turned her into a, an adult as a detective, which oh. sort of took all the whole uniqueness out of it, which made no sense at all. So that's not going forward. And the other show is uh, Marvel's Most Wanted, which was the Bobby and Hunter spin-off from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is not moving forward. So we won't be seeing that. So Bobby and Hunter, having left the main show, are now no longer going to have their own show running alongside. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a bit of a shame. But uh, So they're, they're down to one Marvel show now on ABC in the US. Maybe it's on yeah, I've, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see what happens with ABC um, with under the new boss. Um, but they did announce a raft of new shows. So let's go through the new shows that we have coming next season. Coming to ABC, again, we don't know whether any of these will come over. Well, some of them obviously will come over. But we don't know which of these will make it over here yet. So these are shows that are coming to the U.S., Some of them will come across, we're not sure which. First up, Designated Survival, which we've mentioned a number of times, which is the Keith Sutherland show where he becomes president after all the people in the presidential line of succession above him are killed. Um, There was a very, very short trailer, I think, went up for this. I don't know whether you caught that. No, I haven't seen that one. Okay, the the ABC trailers were were like, you know, 10, 15 seconds, most of them. They were really (laughs) short. So... um, you can't really tell an awful lot from it, but it's Kiefer Sutherland um, playing a sort of, you know, political person this time. So it's it's not kind of kick-ass Jack Bauer. It's going to be a bit more kind of laid back than that, I think. But um, yeah, it's it's about him taking over as president. And who wouldn't want Kiefer Sutherland as president, honestly? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so that looks quite good. There is a show called Conviction coming, which stars Hayley Atwell as the brilliant ne'er-do-well daughter of a former president who is forced to take a job as the head of the LA's new created Conviction Integrity Unit, where they have to investigate possible miscarriages of justice. Again, it's Hayley Atwell, which is very watchable. I don't know, what do you think of that? Yeah, it sounds like it could be good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that one. I think that could be interesting. Yeah. We have Time After Time. The interesting thing about this is it's from Vampire Diaries and the following writer, Kevin Williamson, uh, sees H.G. Wells transported to modern-day Manhattan in pursuit of Jack the Ripper, um, stars Freddie Stromer from Pitch Perfect and Josh Bowman from Revenge. Yeah, could be good. Again, could be good. Um, I've, I'm, as you know, obsessed with New York, so to be honest, <laughs> most things are set in Manhattan. I'll be all over. Yes, yes. Which is those things. It's that, that, to me, that show sounds very much like it could be a sort of another kind of Sleepy Hollow idea, yeah. I guess, um, of sort of people from the past coming to, to uh, modern times. So, I don't know. Notorious stars uh, Piper Parabo from Covert Affairs and Daniel Sujanta from Graceland. 
It's a show inspired by the true life stories of cable news producer Wendy Walker and criminal defense attorney Mark Gregos, which takes a provocative and unique, sexy and dangerous interplay between criminal law and the media. Um, <laughs> when are they not ever described as sexy and dangerous? Yeah, I know. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, it's very difficult to, to say from, from that, but um <laughs> I like the two leads. I like Piper and I like Daniel quite a lot. Graceland was a great show. Um, unfortunately, got canned after three seasons, I think. So, I mean, it's a fairly watchable pair of leads. Um, I, whether the show will be any good, it's difficult to tell. Um, we're now onto, onto some of their slightly weirder stuff on, a, on uh, ABC. Um, Imaginary Mary. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Jenny Alfman from Dharma and Greg as Alice, a fiercely independent career woman whose life is turned upside down when she meets the love of her life, who happens to be the father of the three kids. To cope with this kind of huge, massive change in her life, her imaginary childhood friend Mary suddenly reappears in an attempt to smooth over the transition. <laughs> she's great, though, um, Jenna Elfman, um, and she's quite good at playing these sort of kooky characters, so I think that that, would, that could work quite well. Yeah, it's, it's sort of a female version of Ted, kind of. Yeah. Um, it, it's got that sort of feel to it. Um, the imaginary friend is obviously a little animated kind of character but uh i i rather like that it it's um it sounds sort of interesting and quirky and different and i i think that could have some interesting appeal and also there's downward dog which stars alison tolman from fargo who was the lead in the first season of fargo she's a struggling millennial and lives with her lonely and philosophical <laughs> dog martin the twist is it's told from the point of view of the dog. Oh. <laughs> so. Um, uh, yeah, I want to watch that. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that was a fascinating That's idea for a show. Awesome. I really like that. There's another show which is not ABC. It's coming to Freeform, which used to be called ABC Family. So it's a sister channel to ABC. Um, and it's a show called Marvel's Cloak and Dagger. So there is another Marvel show coming. It's just not on the main ABC channel. It's a comic book adaptation, obviously, uh, follows the interracial romance between Tandy Bowman and Tyrone Johnson, teenagers from very different backgrounds who find themselves burdened and awakened to newly acquired superpowers whilst falling in love. Tandy can emit light daggers and Tyrone has the ability to golf others in darkness. Uh, they quickly learn that they are better together than apart, but their feelings for each other make their already complicated world even more challenging. Um, I know it's a fairly cop- popular comic book. I don't know whether you've seen any no, of them. No, I haven't. It sounds like the notebook with powers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, possibly. I've never seen That's the notebook, but <laughs> I'd take your word for it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it sounds interesting because it it, it, it's a very different sounding type of show. Yeah. So, you know, given that it is a comic book adaptation, it, 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 that's possibly why it's not on the main ABC network as well. So those are the ABC shows. CBS, start off with a couple of comedies. You've got uh, The Great Indoors, which stars Community's Joe McHale as an adventure reporter who has to deal with becoming the boss of a group of millennials uh, when he ends up managing the digital department of a magazine where he works. It's also got um, Stephen Fry in the cast and Christopher Mintz-Plass from Kick-Ass. I love Joe McHale. Yeah. This... With Stephen Fry as well, I feel like this this could be really funny. This sort of appeals to me, as as Mike um, tweeted at me, uh, 
I, they, they must have heard us complaining because, because, you know, not that I would ever know what looking after errant um, millennials uh, in, in a digital department would ever be like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, <Later. laughs> so yes, I, I think it's, that's show appeals to me having been in that position. So, um, yeah. so yes, could be kind of interesting. I quite like that idea. I feel like we weren't typical millennials though, right? <laughs> no, well, possibly uh, not. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. Possibly not. <laughs> Definitely not you, Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not you, Amanda. And you weren't directly in my department. So, exactly. So, you know. Next up, A Man with a Plan, uh, which was previously called I'm Not Your Friend. This is uh, Matt LeBlanc's new show. Uh, plays a contractor who ends up spending more time with his kids when his wife goes back to work. Uh, it's only then that the truth every parent discovers is revealed. His little angels are complete maniacs. This uh, sounds like a very standard sitcom setup. Yeah. So whether Matt LeBlanc can kind of raise it into something else, which is possible, I don't know. But um, that doesn't massively inspire me, that I have to say. Onto the dramas, we've got MacGyver which is i don't know whether you, do you know of the 80s tv show macgyver um i've heard it mentioned in things <laughs> oh god oh sorry <laughs> they, they, well there was there was always always this thing about macgyvering things together about the um because the original show um which starred uh, richard dean anderson from stargate which you probably know better from stargate yeah but um it was it was a show that he did in the 80s and it's the original thing of kind of being able to make things out of pencils and kind of you know elastic bands and sticky back plastic and all that sort of stuff and be able to kind of create things to get out of any any disaster that he gets himself into so that that's the was the sort of original idea for it uh this is a revamped version of it stars lucas till who plays havoc in the x-men movies uh it's also got um csi's george eads in it as well uh, there's a 20-something MacGyver who creates a clandestine organization to prevent disaster using his knack of unconventional problem-solving. They shot the pilot, and the only two people that are actually still cast from that pilot are Till and Eads. So um, <laughs> so I don't know what the rest of the cast did to upset the uh, the network, but um, yeah. It's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, so not good. Um, <laughs> so that will be coming. Uh, Training Day, which is based on the 2001 Dental Washington, Nathan Hawke movie. Uh, it's, it's set 15 years after, so it's a kind of continuation rather than a remake of it. It's set 15 years after the events of the film. Uh, stars a relative newcomer called Justin Cornwell as the idealistic young cop who joins the LAPD elite squad. Bill Paxton is taking on the kind of more Denzel Washington role. Um, he's been in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. most recently. He was very famously in Aliens. Um, he he stars as the seasoned, rather more morally ambiguous veteran cop um, who's assigned to be his partner. So it's a, it's a sort of buddy cop thing, but you've got one person, sort of a young idealistic cop, and one who's like a rather morally ambiguous um, older cop. Uh, I don't know, did you see the original movie? I haven't actually. There's quite a lot of um, movie remakes or continuations of um, in the new shows, actually, isn't there? Yes, there are. That's sort of the first one, but there are a number of coming up. That film's worth digging out. If you uh, if you happen to go see it, it's, okay. It's good I like movie. Denzel, so yeah, it's a good movie. It's one of one of I, I can't remember whether he won an Oscar for that or whether he was up for an Oscar for that. But um, there's a show called Bull, 
coming starring Michael Weatherly from uh, NCIS uh, as the brash but charming Dr. Bull. He's the puppet master of a trial consulting firm who uses psychology, human intuition, tech data to work out what make jurors, attorney, attorneys, witnesses, and the accused tick. Um, what, what got me about this is the show is, you, you're aware of Dr. Phil? Yeah. The sort of cuddly Dr. Phil. Well, do- this is based on the early career of Dr. Phil. Because oh. um, apparently in, in his original life, he uh, founded a trial consulting firm called Courtroom Sciences Inc. before he became the household name as Dr. Phil. Uh, but that, yeah, that's what he did originally. So yeah, I, I quite like this sort of idea. It, it reminds me sort of of the setup of something like Lie to Me. Yeah. Which I loved and was a fantastic show. So if it's anything like that, I, I quite like the idea of that. That could be quite good. We've got Pure Genius, um, which may or may not stay as the name. It was also known as Bunker Hill at one point. Um, stars Augustus Prue from the Borgias and Kick-Ass 2 as a young Silicon Valley tech genius who hires Walter Wallace, played by Dermot Mulroney from Shameless USA and New Girls, uh, as a surgeon with a controversial past to help start a hospital with a cutting-edge new school approach to medicine. <laughs> Give much away, but... No, no, difficult to tell with that. It's yeah. difficult with the CBS shows because they didn't release any trailers for any of their stuff. So, um, and, and the trailers kind of tell you so much more than, yeah. uh, than this sort of does. So, um, and then finally, Doubt, which is a smart, chic, successful defense lawyer at a boutique firm starts to fall in love for a charismatic client who may or may not be guilty of a brutal crime. Interesting thing about this is it stars Laverne Cox from Orange is the New Black. Love her. Um, who's um, fantastic. And they're sort of hailing it as a, as a massive victory for transgender people because obviously she's transgender. And uh, Catherine Heigl from Grey's Anatomy and State of Affairs are, are the two main leads in it. So, um, yeah, I, I do really like Laverne Cox, I think she's fantastic. And Castro Heig- Catherine Heigl's really good as well. So Yeah, I think yeah. that one's going to be good. Two main leads are amazing, so... Yeah, so that could be quite a good show. On to NBC. NBC actually seemed to have picked up... There, there's a mixed bag, but they've got some interesting shows this year. The first one, um, the original description of it, it's called Good Place. And the original description of it, I I, I was very unsure about because it, it was sort of said it was about this this woman that um, is trying to sort of work out her life and um, Ted Danson was her sort of life coach, was was the way it, pit, it was originally pitched. And then you watch the trailer and go through the, go through kind of the updated um, synopsis of it. And it's completely not that. It's a completely different show. It stars Kristen Bell, who um, obviously a lot of people will know from Frozen as the voice <laughs> of, uh, she She was the voice of not Elsa, what's the other one called? Uh, Anna, yes. She uh, will always be Sarah Marshall to me though. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah, yes, very true. And uh, she was in House of Lies as well. And Ted Danson is the other lead from CSI and Cheers. It's also from Mike Schur, who's the co-creator of Parks and Rec and uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So it's got a really solid guy behind it as well. So the story follows Eleanor, played by Belle, who um, dies and end up in what they're referring to as the good place. But this isn't because of her good life work. It's because of an administration error. 
So, <laughs> so not wanting to get find out and end up in the bad place uh, for being such a horrible, obnoxious person in life, she goes to Michael, played by Ted Danson, who ends up as being a sort of guide to her to try and work out what is good and what is bad and to make up for past behaviour. There is a trailer for this, which is up on the website if you want to go, go and look at it. I, and it does look really funny. There's Yeah, it looks really good. I love the fact that there's things like she can't swear. Yeah. So, so you get things like mother fudger and, and stuff like that because she's not allowed because you can't you just physically can't swear when you're in that room um it's it's very funny so i was initially unsure about that but having seen the trailer i think that looks brilliant and very very funny so there's that there's a show called great news which centers around a millennial woman whose life is complicated when her new jersey mother gets an internship at the cable network where she works um that sounds oh. like a fairly standard setup but it's written by tracy wigfield who was one of the writers on 30 rock and uh, tina fey is serving as the exec producer on it um Uh stars brigger helen from undateable given the team behind it yeah I, I, I think that, I think it might be one of those that's just not giving too much away yeah um there's no trailer for that yet so you know um or certainly not one they've released yet so We'll see, but that has potential, I think, given the team behind it. Uh, there's a show called Marlon, which is it's Marlon Ways playing a lovable Im- but immature father committed to co-parenting his two kids with his ex-wife. Um, it's based on Marlon Wayne's real life, which <laughs> really doesn't say an awful lot about Marlon no. Wayne, to be honest. But but yeah, so uh, yeah, that that sounds yeah. fairly kind of standard. Um, next, we've got Powerless. Um, Powerless is a, we've mentioned a number of times, workplace comedy set in one of the worst insurance companies in America, with the twist being that it also takes place in the DC universe. It's about the reality of working for normal power, as a normal powerless person in a world of superheroes and villains. Uh, stars Vanessa Hudgens as, as the lead, uh, Danny Pooty from Community and Alan uh, Tudyk from um, Firefly. So I, I'm really looking forward to seeing something of this. Me too. Because I, I just think it's such a brilliant idea. It it just sounds so wonderful. Um, that was one of the shows that was actually missing off the ABC list, but we, as far as we're aware, is in development is the the other show like comedy, but based in Marvel universe, where it's um it's um about the cleanup crew rather yeah. than the insurance people. <laughs> it's about the cleanup crew that clean up after the superheroes. Um, so yeah, the, the, this there was a bit more information came out about Powerless, where apparently uh, Vanessa Hudgens' character stands up to one of the superheroes whose kind of wanton destruction has kind of leveled a a large area of the city, or you know, hurt somebody, and she stands up to him and becomes a kind of folk superhero herself because of the, this the fact that you know she's kind of stood up to to some of these complete a-holes that are kind of destroying things <laughs> merrily without a care in the world um I, I i do really like the sound of that and i i know it's on nbc and they've not necessarily done particularly well with comic book adaptations but it's a comedy and i think it could work and i really yeah. hope it does because i do love the idea of it so yeah you've got that uh trial and error which is described long-windedly as a documentary-style procedural comedy um, about a bright-eyed New York lawyer who heads to a tiny southern town to defend an eccentric poetry professor who's accused of murdering his wife. Stars um, Nicholas Diagesto, who plays Harvey Dent in Gotham. 
as the lawyer and John Lithgow from Dexter and 30 Rock as the professor. Again, no trailer out for this yet, but John Lithgow as apparently he's an eccentric roller-sizing poetry professor, they said he was. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be quite good. And John Lithgow does kind of quirky, slightly mad professor quite well. Yeah. I think that's a fairly good bit of casting. Uh, Chicago Justice, which is the fourth installment of uh, Dick Wolf's Chicago franchise. Um, it's sort of been backdoor piloted on Chicago PD. Uh, they, they did an episode called Chicago Justice, which had all the characters in it. So that is getting its own series uh, set around the Chicago State Attorney team. Stars Philip Winchester from uh, Strike Back, that one. So I, I've never watched any of the Chicago series, so I have no idea whether that's any good or not. But uh, but yeah, so there's that coming. Um, Midnight Texas, this one sounded quite interesting. It's based on the trilogy from um, the author of this uh, True Blood Sucky Stackhouse books. Uh, it's set in a remote Texas town where your neighbour could be a vampire, a witch, a werewolf, or even an angel. Oh, that's not going to be good. Yeah, so I, that that sounds like it could be kind of true blood like um yeah. i don't know how dark they're going to be allowed to go with it given that it's nbc and it's you know whereas true blood was on um a cable network so i i don't know it, yeah i don't know how dark they'll get with it but then you know nbc ran hannibal so yeah <laughs> so you know no i think that should, should be quite good yeah that that has potential i think another movie adaptation taken which is a prequel based on the Liam Neeson movies with a younger version of CIA operative Brian Mills developing his particular set of skills. Uh, Stars stars Clive Standen from Vikings and Camelot. Um, Yeah. Um, (laughs) No, the world doesn't necessarily need another. No. No, not really. After 50 movies. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not convinced by that at all, but who knows? This Is Us is a dramedy following uh, an ensemble, some of them sharing the same birthday, whose life story is intertwined in a curious way. It's got um, Milo Vigtamilia, Justin Harley, and Mandy Moore. There was a trailer up for this, and nobody watched this one. No, I haven't watched this one. Um, there is a trailer up for this. I don't know. It, it's by the people, the writer and director of Crazy Stupid Love. Um, so if you know that show, you kind of know the show. It's the type of show it's going to be it's it's fine but it's it's a very kind of nondescript show for me it doesn't really tick any boxes at all unlike timeless which is another one of the um time travel dramas coming this season which is from the supernatural creator eric kripke and sean ryan who's the guy that invented the shield a mysterious criminal played by goran viznich from uh, er steals a state-of-the-art time machine seemingly with the intention of changing the past to alter the future the organization behind the device assemble a trio consisting of a scientist played by malcolm barrett from law and order and better off ted a soldier played by matt lanter from um, 90210 and was also vo- the voice of anakin in the clone wars and yeah. uh, History professor played by Abigail Spence from Suits, um, who used the prototype version of the device to chase after him through time. They must stay one step ahead of the criminal, but also avoid affecting the timeline themselves. What do you uh, think of that one? Yeah, I think this one looks really good. Yeah, really it, good. Like I said, I like a time uh, a time travel drama. Yeah, and it's got that sort of typical supernaturally kind of humour 
to it as yeah. well i think there's some good lines in there um trailers up on the website if you want to go and see it but it's that that's one definitely worth watching and worth going out watching out for um i suspect that will make its way over here um it's the type of thing that would sell well over here i think yeah. um a couple of final shows uh blacklist redemption which is a spin-off from the main blacklist show starring uh ryan Gold, who plays tom keen um uh, frankie jansen who has just shown up I think the, at the very end of this week's episode. So I don't want to say who she is because that might spoil something. Um, but yeah, she's shown up at the very end of the, the episode that's just gone out of, of the blacklist over here. But those two characters will become part of a covert merc- mercenary organization that solves the problems governments don't dare to touch. The idea is that I think it's going to be a similar relationship between um, Ryan's character and Fanka as it is between Red and. Um, the the girl whose name completely escapes me um uh in the main show as well so yeah that that uh who knows but that that could be good uh they've commissioned it anyway so so that will probably end up on sky living i suspect over here and finally from nbc emerald city which is a new version of wizard of oz um Oz is no longer the sort of brightly coloured world filled with munchkins and other things. It's reworked as a more of a Game of Thrones style realm of warring factions. Um, Dorothy Gale is still kind of gets taken there by a tornado along with her canine police dog. So Toto is now a canine police dog. <laughs> um, and Lucas, who is a version of the Scarecrow, and they sort of have to become battle-hardened warriors to do battle in this mystical land. Um, well, well, it's a take, I guess. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you could do that if you want. Um, they have tried to do these sort of things with Wizard of Oz before. Um, but I, who knows? Um, we'll see. We'll see, yes. <laughs> so... On to Fox. Uh, Fox have got another time-travelling drama called Making History. Uh, this one looks amazing. <laughs> this one I'm so excited about. <laughs> Stars um, Alan Par- Pally from Happy Endings uh, and Leighton Meester, who's in Gossip Girl, uh, and uh, Yasser Lester, who was a writer and, and was on screen a few times in Girls. The setup is basically Adam Pally's character is a student who has developed this time machine, which is basically a giant duffel bag. Um, <laughs> no need for a DeLorean, although it was that was brilliant. The the um, the thing that actually turns the turns it into a time machine is basically the time console out of the DeLorean, <laughs> I which mean, from Back to the Future, which I thought was great. Uh, so it's basically a giant duffel bag, and he convinces his history f- professor, which is Yasser's character, to travel back in time with him. And he's been kind of doing this on a regular basis, and he's trying to he's sort of got a girlfriend and it seems that something he's done has stopped the american revolution so they 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 have to kind of try and force the american uh, revolution again but it looks hilarious it's, it looks so funny it, it's just brilliant adam adam pally he's he's popped up in a number of things but particularly remember him from happy endings and he's very very funny i am looking forward to that coming i think it could be a really fun show you've also got the mick um this also had a trailer do you, i don't know if you watched this yeah one. this this one looks good yeah. um 
I feel like though they've they've just taken her character from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, <laughs> right? And, and, and mixed it with Mickey from Love, that Netflix series. I'm not sure if you caught that. I haven't caught that yet. No, um, that was a, a Judd Apatow one, but she's just sort of a bit of a, a train wreck in that. And I feel like they've just mixed them, even the fact that she's called Mickey. Right. Okay. They're like. But no, it should be quite good. Um, so this is uh, starring uh, Caitlin Olsen from It's Always Sunny. She plays a hard-living, foul-mouthed woman who's forced to move to upper-class Greenwich, Connecticut, after her wealthy st- sister skips the country to avoid federal indictment, leaving her behind to look after the kids. So it's kind of a fish out of water with somebody uh, you know who is is a sort of you know not very well off kind of taking over, looking after the uh, three rich, entitled kind of brats, basically. It does look funny. I mean, they seem to have cast it well, and it it makes me feel better about the show than than the the write-up of it originally did. (laughs) And she's great. Yeah, and she's brilliant. Um, Next up, I think it's the the last of their comedies, um, Son of Zorn. I thought wait, <laughs> Son of Zorn is is just genius. Um <laughs> so it's essentially a a mix of live action and um animation. The people behind it are the guys that were behind um the Lego movie and Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs uh, are the exec producers. It's Phil Phil Lord and Chris Miller. So, returning to Earth after 10 years away, the animated barbarian warrior Zorn, uh, voiced by Jason Sudis from um, Last Man on Earth, has to reconnect with his live-action ex-wife Eddie, played by Cheryl Hines from Suburgatory, and his son Alan. Zorn finds suffering the mundane life in suburbia and holding down a regular office job harder than waging war to to save his homeland, Zephyria. It's a very odd-sounding show, but there is a trailer up for it on the site now. Um... Yeah, I would recommend you to watch that trailer. It's, like, it's so good. It's just brilliant. Uh, it's it's as weird as you would expect from something that's exec produced by Lord and Miller. Um, <laughs> it's it's completely out the box. It's very very strange, but um, it, it looks fantastic. I'm really looking forward to seeing that. So yeah, they've got some interesting comedies. Two, possibly two out of three, which I, I think look very interesting. I, I'm not entirely convinced Son of Zorn will make it past one season, but oh. <laughs> but, but because it's so odd. But, yeah, it's true. But, it's a bit niche. Yeah, it is somewhat niche. But it, I I just you know it's one of those things that if it was on Comedy Central as part of Adult Swim or something like that, I could see it working. But as it's on Fox. Yeah. As it's on Fox, they would need a bigger audience for it. And I don't know if it'll get it, but it does look very funny. On to the dramas, the the big drama, which has been everywhere, um, 24 Legacy. So there's a trailer for that up now, but you kind of know what you're you're getting. It's 24 without Jack Bauer. Stars straight out Compton's Corey Hawking, who he's taking over as the lead, plays the army ranger Eric Carter, who discovers that events from his last mission have followed him back home. The only way he can stop that is to team up with the people at CTU. Uh, CTU being being led by Teddy Sears, who has recently been playing Jay Garrick on The Flash. Um, it's got the same people behind it. It's very much 24, as as you know it, just without Jack Bauer. Uh, so, yeah, it looks really good. Yeah. So. He, he's great, though. I think that he's been cast really well. Um, recently watched right out of Compton. Yeah, he's, he's so good. In yeah, that. really, really good. Really, really good. 
So um, I am looking forward to that coming back. That won't arrive until next year. It's it's got um, the what they described as the coveted Super Bowl slot. Uh, so it will be. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Be around, I think that's February, the Super Bowl. I would be amazed if it doesn't end up on Sky 1 over here at the same time or around about the same time. I would be very, very surprised. It's only 12 episodes. It's not 24. <laughs> ironically. <laughs> ironically. But yes, it's... Um, it's allowing that time for sleep. Yes. And, and, going, and going to the bathroom, which they yeah. never did in 24 either. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it, it will be, uh, that will be back. Um, or rather, you know, that new version of, of 24 will return. Uh, also returning is uh, Prison Break, which... Uh, comes back. Have you seen? Did you? Yeah, yeah. I'm in two minds. Half of me is massively excited. Yeah. The other half of me is very skeptical. <laughs> and he died. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that is. I mean, they they have said they they have promised to find a believable way to bring him back. Um, it's just a bit like he died and he's back in prison. Oh no. Yeah, so I I don't know. Um, they, but, they they've said that they will find a way a, a, a way to bring him back, believably. The other half, I am massively excited about it as well. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it will be nice to see them back playing those yeah. characters. I mean, of course, you can see them fairly regularly on Legends of Tomorrow at the moment. Although it has been said that Wentworth Miller, one of those was a little bit of news that came up, which is Wentworth Miller won't be a series regular on Legends next season, but he has signed an overall deal with the sort of Greg Belantiverse. So he will pop up in each of the shows rather than just being on Legends. So he, he will still be around. He's just not going to be just on Legends anymore. So yeah, Prison Break, basically a continuation of the 2005 to 2009 series. Uh, Rian Ikes, Lincoln Burroughs, and Michael Schofield, although their roles are switched around, so it's Michael that's in prison with Link having to try and get him out this time. And as you say, Michael died at the end of the last season. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so, hmm, interesting. But um, yeah, so there's that. Like um, was there. Yeah. <laughs> uh what else have we got um apb um there was a trailer for this as well um it's a tech billionaire that purchases a troubled police precinct in the wake of a loved one's murder and it's basically about him bringing in new toys and gadgets to the police force to try and sort of improve their their uh, rate of success uh did you watch that trailer 
Um, no, I haven't seen that one. That that one is up on the site as well. It's it actually looks quite quite good. Reminds me a little bit of there's sort of element of something like Robocop in there, I guess. But um, you know, in the it's a kind of very rundown police station, but you've got this kind of high tech stuff coming in to to sort of sort it out. So yeah, and they're using kind of drones and stuff to to chase people down and you know the the cars drive themselves and that sort of stuff so it's, it's kind of interesting um look quite fun another movie adaptation or a couple of movie adaptations the exorcist which is a tv series based on they're going back to the original novel rather than basing it entirely on the movie although if you watch the trailer for the exorcist they do use the exorcist music in it from the film <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah kind of i mean i suppose you sort of got to so yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you all know the story. It's basically two priests trying to stop a demonic possession of a girl and a family. They, I mean, it's an interesting take on it. I, I'm, I'm not entirely sure it's totally necessary. I actually would rather not see more than one season of that. I think. Yeah. I, I would like it to be an event season, you know, event series, and and just be kind of a one off. You know. But yeah, that makes sense. But, I don't see how they could make it into more than one season, to be completely honest. Well, I, I suppose you could. You could. You could. Uh, I mean, you could have a different demonic possession each time. But yeah, I, I suppose. But I'm, I'm, I'm really does not. Does the world need that? No. That, <laughs> <laughs> I think categorically, no, I don't think it does. Um, speaking of whether the world needs it, Lethal Weapon. So this is a TV version of the classic 80s buddy cop movie you've got clayton crawford from leverage and roswell is taking on the role of martin briggs which was the mel gibson role uh, as a crazy ex-navy seal and texas cop who moves to la after his wife and baby are killed he's partnered with uh, lapd det- detective roger murtar who's been played by damon wade senior which was played by danny glover in the film who he's trying to avoid stress in his life after a minor heart attack um so the introduction of Riggs to the situation really doesn't help things very much the, the i don't know whether you saw the trailer for this one but it looks okay i guess uh, I, you know um yeah yeah it's not exactly the most inspiring thing in the world um again i mean it looks fine there's a lot of action in it um it certainly looks better than um than that awful uh, remake of rush hour which has yeah. been floating around. Oh, that's one that I missed off the cancellation dis- list because it only happened yesterday. Rush Hour's also been cancelled. But uh, yeah, it, it certainly looks a lot better than that and the budget seems a lot better than that um, and it seems to have a lot more action in it, but whether it's entirely necessary, I'm not entirely sure. There is a new show called Pitch, which stars, who's a young female pitcher who defies the odds when she becomes the first woman to play Major League baseball we can kind of skip over that because it's never going to wear over here <laughs> there is no way somebody's going to pick up a show about baseball in the no. uk it's just not going to happen so there's that uh, there's an event series coming called shots fired which uh, examines examines the aftermath of a racially charged shooting in small town in tennessee the interesting thing about that is it's actually the the roles are slightly reversed with that. There is a trailer for that up as well, where it's a black cop shooting a white guy in a small town rather than the yeah. other way around. Um, it has got an enormous cast for that show. Helen Hunt, Richard Dreyfus, Stephen Moyer from True Blood, Sonna Latham from Contagion and the Cleveland Show, uh, Stephen James, who was in Selma, 
Aisha Hines from Under the Dome. So, you know, it's got quite a big cast with it. That will be a, a one-off thing because it's an event series as well. So there's that. And finally from Fox, there's Star, which is from Lee Daniels, who's the man behind Empire and the butler. And uh, I think you Oscar-winning or certainly award-winning director. Revolves around three girls who come together to form a, a girl band and is about their rise to the top. The idea is that this will be kind of like Empire, but from the point of view of the girl band, rather you know, of, of the group, yeah. rather than the point of view of the executives. Um, yeah, I, I could definitely see this being picked up on like E4 or something. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're running the two in the time, same time slots on Fox, I think, so... You know, I can, I can see that um, working. Again, got quite a good cast to it. The three girls are kind of not massively well-known, uh, but it has also got Lenny Kravitz, Benjamin Bratt, and uh, Queen Latifah in the cast as well. So, interesting. Yeah, right? that'd um, be good. And, and Empire's a great show, so, you know. Final few uh, from the CW. Now, the CW didn't pick up an awful lot of stuff, basically because they renewed everything. So they haven't <laughs> really got a lot of space to put new things in. Uh, a couple of things they did pick up. Uh, Frequency, which is a reimagining of the 2000 film starring Dennis Quaid and Jim Cavalier, uh, stars Peyton List as a female police detective who in... Uh, 2016, who discovers that she can speak via ham radio to her estranged father, who was also a detective who died 20 years earlier. They forge a new relationship while working together on an unresolved murder case, but the unintended consequences of the butterfly effect wreak havoc in the present day. So again, that's another time travel-y sort yep. of thing going on. Yeah, I like the sound of that. You know, that that kind of looks interesting. Uh, there's no tomorrow when a risk-averse straight arrow female procurement manager of an Amazon-like distribution center fall in love with a freewheeling man who lives life to the fullest because he believes the apocalypse is intimate to com comedic and poignant results. They embark on a quest together to fulfill their individual bucket lists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that will very much depend on cast, I think, and you know, I it's it's a comedy, so who knows? And uh, finally, Riverdale, which is an kind of updated version of the iconic American Archie comics. Um, so this initially sounds like a horrendous idea but it, it basically takes the characters out of archie which was a very kind of comic like cartoony sort of comic book um american comic book closer to something like beano than yeah you know to to give it its british kind of analogy it's the the, the idea is that it takes the characters from riverdale but he's has the sort of rather more subversive kind of look at it it's been created by uh greg belanti from flash narrow so he's now got what five shows on that network <laughs> it's ridiculous so the idea is that it explores the surrealism of small town life but there is a sort of dark and weird undertone bubbling underneath the wholesome facade so i rather think that it may not be all it, it quite seems it sounds a bit like the um toby Maguire movie pleasantville if you've ever yeah, seen that yeah yeah I have. yeah um I, I, that that seems to be what it's implying there's no trailer for that yet but uh, i've given Bre greg relanti's behind it that that does sound like it could be quite interesting so uh that will be one to watch out for see whether that makes it over here and that's all the new shows 
that we have uh, so far there are a few more kicking around um which we haven't got to yet uh sci-fi looking at picking up a show called krypton based on superman which we mentioned last week um there are another a couple of other shows that sci-fi have picked up as well but um we've been going an hour or so already so (laughs) so so we'll leave those for another time next up we have an interview So this week's interview is with a production designer called Gary Corden. Production designers are the guys that design and organize the building of sets and props for a show. Uh, Gary has been recently working on um, Key and Peel, which is a, a comedy sketch show. It's very, very funny. I don't think it's ever actually aired on TV over here, but like pretty much every sketch they've ever done is up on YouTube and they're well worth looking out because it is brilliant. He's been tipped for a possible Emmy nomination this season because it's their last season. Um, he also worked on the pilot for ABC of Downward Dog, which was the show we were talking about earlier. And he's currently working on the Amazon Prime series Just Add Magic as well, which is a sort of uh, teen kind of charmed uh, version, uh, you know, version of charmed for sort of, the tween age audience. Um, we had a chance to chat with him about his work and what it's literally like working behind the scenes in Hollywood. So here's the interview with Gary. Hope you enjoy this. We'll be back afterwards with some air dates. How are you, Gary? I'm great. I was actually just looking at a uh, post that you uh, posted on your website moments ago about the ABC bloodbath and the pilot pickups. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The a- ABC were were like you know full malice- maleficent mode um, <laughs> last night. They uh, yo know, yesterday they 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 really went through and just hammered a load of shows. Yeah. So, yeah, well, I like how you referred to it as a massacre. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it kind of does feel like that. There is, uh, you know, there's always one network every season. There's always one network that just cleans house. Um, and ABC has a new boss this this time around. Mm-hmm. They had a new president coming, so that appears to, um, yeah, that that appears to have, of course, some quite major changes to uh, to the system so well uh, i have to tell you you know i this year i was personally invested because i did two abc pilots this round oh which two did you do uh so i did uh the untitled weeks mckay project yeah um and i did downward dog oh brilliant (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i saw on your website on that uh downward dog has been picked up to series yeah so i have half a massacre because <laughs> uh, I, I don't think that Weeks McKay was picked up, unfortunately. No, but it wasn't. It's funny how you describe that because here in Los Angeles, you know, everyone crew-wise below the line, they work on pilots, they they pray that they're going to get picked up, and they do sit around the blogs and the websites um, and Facebook for hours and hours and hours, you know, <laughs> at work, checking their phone constantly to see if they have a job or not. Yeah. I mean that that must be completely crazy if you're if you're working in the middle of pilot season to just you know get this like stone tablet dropped from above some sometimes if you're It really is. I'll tell you as a production designer you you are fortunate to get the call. You prep really hard uh to go in for the meeting. You sit in there with a group of executives and the showrunner and very often the director, the head of the network and if you're lucky enough to get the job, you put everything you have into that pilot because you know that'll air. Yeah. So you're calling in all your favors. You're um, bringing in your A team. You're working nonstop. Um, very often, as is the case in these two ABC pilots and the other pilots I do, 
you're doing some of your best work and really giving it your all. So then imagine you've built these beautiful sets, these gorgeous um, graphics and set dressing, and you wait for two months and more often than not, it doesn't get picked up. And all that work just ends up on a hard drive on someone's shelf <laughs> in a cabinet. <laughs> yeah. God, that must be soul destroying. It is. And then you then have to look for another job or, you know, line up the rest of your, of your year. So it, yeah. So when you described it as a massacre, I was like, yep, great word. Yeah. I've, I mean, I, I was, I was gutted this year because, um, uh, agent Carter went mm -hmm. and so did castle, uh, from mm -hmm. ABC. Um, both of which I know a bunch of people on Castle. I mean, a lot of my, my onset dresser and many other members of my art department, you know, they've done Castle for years and years and years. And what happens is you start to settle in as a crew member, you start to settle in. This is my office. This is my parking space. Um, this is the show that I'm doing. This is the vacation that I'm going to have. So um, when you have a show canceled out from under you, it's you're always aware that it could happen, but when it happens on a long running show like that, um, it comes as a bit of a shock. Not only the fact that you're unemployed, but you're also now throwing yourself back into the mix of someone with a resume going on meetings and trying to land another job and getting a long running job in Los Angeles or in the Hollywood or film industry is really, really hard. You know, you see people that work on shows like Grey's Anatomy or, um, uh, you know, they do one franchise after another, like a Lord of the Rings or yeah. they do, um, and, and, you know, those people are pretty set. Uh, but there's 99% of the rest of the working below the line crew that they'll gear up, work really hard for three months and the show will get canceled. <laughs> and that's that, that's sort of the nature of our industry. And then you're back at it going on to the next project. Yeah. Yeah. You've also got um, uh, things like Supergirl this year, which is Jump Networks. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, it almost uh, jumped countries. Well, you know, that, uh, that almost went to Vancouver because uh, of the cost. Do, uh, do, I don't know whether we actually know if that's not actually happening yet because oh. they've not actually announced mm -hmm. that yet they they, they uh, as far as i'm aware they haven't actually said whether it is going to jump country or not um mm -hmm. because i mean that sort of makes sense given that everything else that that Belanti does is all shot in vancouver mm -hmm. um and the tax credits up there which i mean that that's the other thing is is they they wouldn't give them um from what i read they wouldn't the, the la wouldn't give them the tax credits last year which is part of the reason why it became quite expensive. Well, I experienced that in Pittsburgh last winter when I did the Downward Dog pilot. We shot Downward Dog, the ABC pilot that just got picked up in Pittsburgh in, in November and December. Yeah. And the production went there for two reasons. The creators, writers, and executive producers are a Pittsburgh-based uh, ad agency. And they created this web series that um, never was so – the web series was so good that it was never uploaded – online, it went straight to a pitch, which then went straight to a offer from ABC wow. and quickly went into production. So no one ever saw it. They just created a web series to put up online. Yeah. But in addition to that, the reason why the production went there is because Pittsburgh offers a 25% tax credit. And so the incentive to shoot it there and have it completely uh, uh, created there uh, was great for the network. And I flew in with my art director and then hired all local crew to fill out the art department. Right. 
Yeah, you, we should probably probably kind of wind back a bit and and, uh, and just sort of explain what it is you actually do uh, oh. to, to, to the public as well, because um, you're you're a um, production, production designer. designer. Yeah. So, yes. um, h- how did you get into that in the first place? Well, I was. Um uh, I didn't even know the position existed and still to this day, most people don't know what a production designer is or an art yeah. department is members of my own family still don't know what exactly is it that you do. Um, so I get that a lot me, as well. <laughs> yeah. It's like exactly. Oh, those are sets. We didn't realize we thought maybe they, they just showed up and started shooting that day, but, uh, it's actually very different than that. Um, uh, I got my start quickly by, uh, I was always an artist in high school and I knew I had to go to art school and I knew I had to move to New York city growing yeah. up in New Jersey. I just, I, I just had to get out. And so right after high school, I moved to New York city and attended school of visual arts and I was at I was at uh, School of Visual Arts as an illustrator and fine arts major because at the time, a I didn't know that a career in the television or film industry even existed for artists. You just don't know these things. Yeah. And if you're going to be in the arts, you were an illustrator, like someone on Mad Men. You were making illustrations for magazines and books and book covers and things like that. Yeah. Um, so my sophomore junior year. Class was canceled, and I saw a bulletin on a bulletin board in the hallway that said interns needed at CBS. And I, it was an epiphany. It was like a light went off. I said, "Wait a second! I can be an artist at a TV show or at a TV <laughs> network." I called instantly, and um, I also ripped the bulletin off the wall so no one else could. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, okay. Um, and it was an internship at the Joan Rivers show. She had a daytime TV show. Called oh, the brilliant. Syndicated. And I quick, I got the internship. I quickly moved up to a production assistant position. And I was the guy on the show who was the guy in art school. So whenever there was like a little prop or a little sign or something that needed to be made, Joan herself was the person that said, have that art kid do it. And, <laughs> and I would work with the art department at CBS and create all these props and graphics and elements for her morning show. And I got the bug that I can be an artist in, in the television world with lights and camera and celebrities and scripts and, and work under pressure. And I left school uh, I didn't finish. And from that moment, which was the early nineties, I have been an art director and a production designer ever since full time, never had a different job or a quote unquote real job. I've always either been designing sets for film, television, commercials, off Broadway, uh, satellite media tours, music videos, basically you name it. Um, that's what I did. And then I moved to Los Angeles and have been doing it ever since. Wow. It is one of those jobs that you see on things. Uh, and uh, you, as you say, you have no idea what that person does. It's just, just sort of, you know. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you quickly what they do. So I get a job um, and there's a script. And at the beginning of each section of the script, it says scene one interior so-and-so's house. That's it. My right. job is to say, to come up with a complete vision of what does that house look like? What's the color? What's the set dressing? What do the walls look like? What's the texture? What are the floors? What are the ceilings? And my art department and I need to conceptualize that, sell it to the bosses. They approve it. I need to come up with a budget to build it and set dress it. And I need to build it in a timely fashion on a soundstage or on location that is usually um, less budget and less time that I need. 
and I need to make it look phenomenal on camera within the budget, within the time frame, and then I need to strike it the next day and simultaneously be working on probably 12 or 15 other sets or areas that, um, you know, need to be shot for the script. So it's a crazy job. And as the production designer, I oversee the art department, the graphics, props, very often special effects. Um, and you're working with every department to make sure that the set looks great and it's done and it's beautiful on camera, but your producer isn't killing you because you've gone over budget or your director isn't hating you because they can't shoot the set that you built. Yeah, that, that must be uh, quite challenging getting things that, that you know, look correct on camera. But I, I imagine that I always imagine that sets must kind of look slightly different in real life to how you know, they, they look when you have to shoot them on camera. If that Absolutely. Makes sense. Yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. You know, whenever anybody asks me, oh, that show you did, those were sets. We thought that was a house. And I always explain it simply by saying, you know how when someone's sitting at a kitchen table on your favorite show or movie and the camera is facing them and there's a wall behind them and then they're talking to the person across from the table and that person's in close up over their shoulder. Where do you think that wall went? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, that wall, um, they stopped camera. Uh, they reset all of the camera gear, all the video village, all of the chairs, all of the lighting and the wall and the set dressing went away and everything was repositioned behind the other actor. And so that's coming up with a efficient, cost effective and, and, um, dynamic looking set that can do all those things and help everybody make their day and not go into overtime yeah. is a big part of my job. Yeah. Cause I mean, you know, time is very much money when you're shooting that sort of stuff. So you've got to be in a position where things come apart easily. You can move them around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All, all that, all that kind of thing. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, that, that also kind of adds to the complexness, I guess, of, of putting that sort of set together. Yeah. It's not just all pretty, uh, you know, shopping or painting walls. There's, there's a <laughs> lot of, and I don't have an architecture background or anything like that, but you, the more you do it, the more you learn that, like, let's add depth and interesting angles and interesting, uh, layers into this set to make sure that it's beautiful on camera and doesn't read as like, let's say, um, if you saw like a, a bad looking sitcom, you're like, yeah. Oh, that just looks like three walls. Yeah. Yeah. One of the shows you work on is Key and Peele, isn't it? Um, yes. Which is uh, possibly nominated for an Emmy, or is it nominated for an I Emmy? I hope so. I'm, I, oh, I, a strong contender for the Emmys. It's, it's a strong contender. It's our last season. I actually won a Art Directors Guild Award this year for excellence in production design for a variety series. And that was an incredible, incredible honor. I... It... You you grow up watching people at award shows and you never think, A, that you'll be at one. Yeah. You know you'll never be nominated for one. And there is no way you'll ever win anything. And I all three happened to me this year and I'm still, it's months later and I'm still buzzing. I can't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. So how is Key and Peel is Key and Peel popular? Um I, uh, I'm 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 not sure whether it airs over here or not. I, I don't remember uh well, I mean, it's mostly it's funny too because Whenever people tell me they're a fan of Key and Peele, I'll say, oh, well, what do you think of the episode? And they'll say, well, no, actually, we watched it on YouTube or on our phone. Uh, you know, so they'll watch it in segments. So I wonder if it's something that's available on YouTube in the UK or in a different streaming service. 
hopefully there's some viewers hopefully that like some millions and millions and millions of people watch those sketches so yeah, yeah i mean it's that that's the thing with with a show like that when it is a sketch show you'll tend to find that that little bits of it get kind of mm-hmm. chopped up and shoved up onto youtube i guess so yeah. um i mean i have seen episodes of it it's very very funny working on a show like that must be quite interesting because of the fact that it's a sketch show so mm-hmm. you're creating completely varied sets every single time it's not every all, single day yeah it, it's not kind of one thematic thing you're, it's a dream come true for a production designer and it'll also age you 15 years <laughs> yeah because just because you're doing that it doesn't mean that the network says well let's give them extra money or time or resources to do it it's basically a here's 86 sketches that are approved and here's seven weeks to shoot them in go do it yeah and every single sketch is uh, of a completely different time period involving um interior locations exterior locations crazy props costumes um and we on key and peel shoot 10 a week so that's two a day all throughout southern california um so in the art department we have multiple trucks going that are simultaneously picking up and building on set dealing with what's happening that day and building the sets for the next day or the next two days while the other trucks are returning and doing it over and over and over again, day after day. Um, and that's where, when I said you age 15 years, you do. (laughs) So, I mean, you, is there a lot of location shooting with that or, or is, is it studio or? Uh, it's a little bit of both. What what we did on that show was the location scouting sort of dictated what the art department would have to make work and create within a space. So, example, if we would go to a if we'd go to an office building, I would build the White House, an aerobic set, a sewer set, a lawyer's office, and um, a music video all within that space. Right. So while we're, so, so we can live there for two days because moving 150 people around in the massive trailers and the trucks and things like that every single day, both financially and just time-wise is pretty impossible. So camping out at a place for two days and the art department building eight sets of all different time periods in that space is how we did that show. Yeah. So are you based at a studio as well, or, or is it? So when we would go to a studio on Key and Peel, it would be, we would rent a soundstage and I would build four major sets, whether it was our Power Falcon set, uh, where we had a Godzilla type character b- smashing these breakaway buildings, our pirate set, which was a musical um, pirate shanty with dealing with sexual politics, <laughs> uh, the White House, where the Obama and Luther characters were in another corner, yeah. and the other corner might be a uh, Rihanna-type music video, and those are built in all four corners of the set. And and as basic as this sound, the camera and the crew and the gear would just turn from one, two, three, and four, and shoot out that entire soundstage in two days. Jeez, <laughs> crazy, right? Yeah, that's... mind you, that has to be done in a time frame within a budget, which was small because it's basic cable. It's not a, a major Peter Jackson feature. It's not a big budgeted um, network show. It is a tiny cable, basic cable uh, budget. And the crew was not big. So we just had to design it, build it, and um, 
get it done within the number and within the time. That's, that's just insane. And the way you do that, and the funny thing about the way you do that is the way we would, the way I would storyboard it and draw it for the uh, director after our scouts was, this is, basically I'd say to him, here's what we're going to see and here's what you can't see. So basically, here's the set. If you want to move one inch to the left, one inch to the right, there's nothing there. We're done. <laughs> don't have any money for it. <laughs> oh, God. Do you ever want to work on, um, I mean, do you, do you enjoy doing that sort of insane kind of, you know, a million sets, you know, for a projection production or, or would you, you enjoy working on a, on a show, which is, I don't know, something like big bang, which has, you know, set sets that are always there. Tears. Yeah. I, I kind of thought that might be the case. <laughs> and you know what the, the, the dirty secret is when you talk to people that, do those types of shows. Some of them are like, listen, I have a family. I have kids. I like to be home a certain time of day. And this is great. Yes. And some people say I am bored and I'd be giving anything to do some crazy stuff. Very often you hear production designers on a big, big show like that. Um, they're itching to do like a million dollar feature or a half million dollar feature where there's no money, no resources, and they just have to figure it out. Because as a production designer and someone, anybody that works in the art department, you're a bit of a masochist. You're insane. You thrive on adrenaline and the challenge. And so to get that blood flowing and work on something that's challenging like Key and Peel is makes it really makes you feel alive at the most height of your creativity. But I don't think you can, do, I couldn't do that 12 months out of the year. You, you, you finish key and peel in seven weeks and you've shot 90 sketches and you, you want to drop, you have to drop. It's like, give me a lawyer show. Give me a show that takes place only in a uh, courtroom and I'm happy. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Seven weeks. And that, uh, it is. That's really insane. Um, you you've worked on on a few other shows. Uh, I noticed Teachers was on there. Was one of the shows you worked on? Was that was that a, a an Americanized version of the British show? Do you know? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. It's um, a group of female teachers that teach at an elementary school that um, you know maybe they shouldn't be teaching. It's that kind of comedy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that, to say it nicely, maybe that shouldn't be their profession. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if that's based on that. Yeah, I've just, just wikied it. It's, um, yeah, it looks like it was. Looks like it was a, that, that was based on a uh, British show starring Andrew Lincoln from Walking Dead. I should know that. <laughs> so there's some trivia for you next time somebody Great. asks you about it. <laughs> well, that's sort of good too, because it means that I didn't look for influence from something that's already been made. And that's something that like, goes to the heart of a production designer when you're tasked on a show to create sets or to create the look i always look for real historical research yeah. and real elements and um not shows or movies that have been created before in that genre and try to get ideas and ins inspiration from something that another art department has created otherwise why do it do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, in a case like that as well, I guess, you know, American schools are going to be very different to British schools as well. So, you know, mm -hmm. you're, there, there wouldn't have been a, a, a huge amount of use probably looking at, at the British show. Yeah, for, but for now no, I'm watching it later. <laughs> it, is, it is hilarious. It's very, okay. very funny. So um, it ran for four or five seasons, something like that. 
that's a big deal for the UK too, because all, all of my favorite shows and everyone's favorite shows even seem to run two, three seasons max and yeah. don't go on that long. Yeah. It, it did four seasons, 40 episodes of that. So, um, but it's, it's worth looking up. It is the second sort of big show that Andrew Lincoln did. Okay. Um, writing it down now. Um, but, uh, so moving on to, on to downward dog, which is the new show. Um, you, you've obviously built some stuff for that because you shot the pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm assuming you're going back to it now. now no, you- I don't know. You're catching me. <laughs> you are, we are talking to each other hours after the show has been picked up. And it's funny how it works for crew because you don't know. I did a, I know I did a great job and I really, really loved working with everybody involved, not only ABC and legendary, but the creators and the crew in Pittsburgh. I have to tell you, I'm LA based. So I have all of my people. We work with each other 12 months out of the year, year after year. We're like a family, a traveling circus. And I went to Pittsburgh and worked with people I don't know. Yeah. Um, and I loved them. They were they were incredibly talented and and just really strong set decorators and um, lead men and construction coordinators. And we did, I think, a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful looking pilot that looked like an indie feature. It did not look like other ABC shows. It didn't look like Modern Family or Blackish. It looks like an indie feature. And I'm so proud of that. However, Hours ago, it was picked up and I know nothing. I, really, I don't know if I have a job. I don't know if I can do the job. I don't know if they're going to call me. Yeah. I hope so. Um, but you don't, that's the nature of this business. You don't, it's all insecurity and not knowing. Yeah. And then you get a job and it's all adrenaline. So you never have a moment of my life is good. I feel settled. This is great. It's, it's, it's adrenaline <laughs> or panic. One or the other. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've, I've heard, um, I've heard a few actors, I mean, cause it, it's a similar situation for some actors when they're, when they're searching for roles as well, I guess. Cause you know, I've heard similar situations with, with actors where they're kind of be, be you know, are, are in contention for the lead in something. Oh, uh, the worst. I wish that worst. must be agonizing, painful, just waiting, waiting and waiting to hear. And, uh, yeah. Well, let's and, be honest. Actors make a lot more money, so they, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they can afford to uh, hang out at home and wait for the next job to come along. But people like us, like, you know, below the line crew members, like when you watch the credits of your favorite shows and movies, all those people in the lightning fast scroll. Yeah. Those are all essentially blue collar workers who are in a union that make scale. And don't get me wrong. The the pay and health insurance is great, but they're all independent contractors. They don't work for the network. They don't work. They're, they're freelance. And so it's feast or famine. Um, And so you better save your money or work a lot. (laughs) <laughs> if you are below the line uh, in the industry. So do you know what you're doing next? At yes. The so right now I'm doing a um, second season of an Amazon series, um, a hit Amazon series called Just Add Magic. It's a ah, family yeah. show yeah. Uh, that involves three girls, uh, sort of uh, tween girls who find a magical cookbook in their parents attic and the spells that they cast using the recipes sort of help people and or wreak havoc on their friends and family. Um, and 
I'm super proud of the show. We, we built some gorgeous sets here at Los Angeles studios, um, Los Angeles center studios. We're on the same soundstage where they shot Mad Men. Um, yeah. And we built these great sets and it's super creative and it's like sort of, um, charmed for young people with, you know, a great family message. Um, and I just did a Melissa McCarthy pilot oh, yeah. uh, earlier this year, and we'll see how that goes. And then I will be doing on Comedy Central, I do a, uh, a series that airs once a year called Meltdown with uh, Jonah and Camille. And uh, it's Camille Najani from um, Silicon Valley. Is, and, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Jonah, Hill, um, Jonah Ray, I'm sorry. Um, and they host a weekly a uh, comedy show at Meltdown here in Los Angeles, which is in the back of a comic book store. Yes. And the biggest com- yeah. So you're familiar with it. Yeah. So yeah, we yeah. turn that dumpy space in the back with the folding chairs and the ugly falling apart white walls yeah. into a gorgeous set <laughs> once a year. Um, and I work with a muralist called Dave Clock, who does all of the posters. If you want to see the most amazing posters in the world, Dave Clock is the illustrator. He does all of the weekly posters for Meltdown um, okay. since the beginning. And his it's KLOC. Um, and his website has all the posters. And what I do is I work with him and we create a life-size mural that then I then he creates the mural and illustrates it. And I then turn it into a three-dimensional set design. And we do it at Meltdown. We shoot 10 episodes and then we strike the set paint the walls back to white and it's meltdown comics for the rest of the year. So those are a couple of the things that I'm working on now. And, uh, and you know, to be perfectly honest with you, it's, and then ABC might call. Yeah, hopefully. You know, it's, it's the story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of interesting, but slightly crazy, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but that's that, that you know that that's life in LA, I guess. <laughs> that's life in LA, and it's life. It's the chosen life of a artist who's working in a in the film and television industry for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it's nice to be in a position to not have to put starving in front of the artist bit. I guess. <laughs> no, and I know how lucky I am too. But the other reason is that I have a great crew that I work with yeah. and very loyal to each other and everyone's very talented. So we, like I said, a traveling circus go from project to project to project and just kill it and do a great job. And you build up a bit of reputation from that, yeah. which I still can't, you know, when I think back at moving to New York city at 18 and not figuring out how I was going to pay rent and, and, but knowing I didn't want a job job, I still can't believe I'm the same. I'm the person now who was that person then. It's, yeah. I, you never think that that's going to be you. You just look up to people who do that, who are that. Yeah. Um, one last question, which we, uh, we asked to, to pretty much everybody that, that comes on the show is what's your favorite TV show? What, what are the shows that you were watching at the moment? Um, favorite for, for whatever reason. Well, first of all, I get home every day and my wife is like, okay, we have to watch one of our shows. So our shows, we're not really into sitcoms. Um, our shows that we must watch, uh, House of Cards. Yeah. Um, I never get sick of House of Cards. No. Uh, we are still mourning the loss of Downton Abbey. 
<laughs> um, is it terrible to say I'm British and have never seen a single episode? That's terrible to say. <laughs> you know what's so funny too is because I was such a fan of The Office and I'm such a fan of Ricky Gervais that and 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 a passionate fan of his that I would never watch and I'd never seen the American version of The Office. Really? Like I would not watch it. I didn't care. I thought it was a blasphemy. <laughs> <laughs> um uh yeah, so it's funny. I, I work in comedy. Uh, I work in half hour, but yeah. mostly, but the shows that I go home and prefer to watch are dramas like yeah. house of cards, like Mr. Robot, like, uh, yeah. um, uh, Downton Abbey. Uh, so those I would say are the, the top three, um, of the shows that I just, I cannot get enough of right now. Those are definitely the favorites. Yeah, they're, they're, they're good picks, I'd say. Um, House of Cards comes up quite a lot. Um, Mr. Robot, I, I love. Um, I really enjoyed the first season of that. It's been really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I say, I've never seen an episode of Downton Abbey, so I can't comment, but I'm told it's well, quite good. Have, the thing about Downton Abbey is that it's so visually well done. The yeah. set design, the lighting, the cinematography, the costumes, the props, the details... I'm, I can't help, but just love every minute of that too. And then there's also a story, Yeah, there's a story going on, but, but, but I look and I watch and I say, wow, that prop department really had a challenge with that one. And look what they did. Wow. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) I do. I do worry. I I do wonder whether, whether, you know, being in the industry, um, because I talk with lots of composers and weirdly, they tend to always pick shows that have very little music in them as being mm-hmm. the ones that they like, I think probably because it distracts them less because they're yes, not looking. Too. Yeah. You oh, know. I'm not working on Downton Abbey. No one's going to call me to do house of cards tomorrow <laughs> and no one's calling me to do Mr. Robot. So those are the shows that I love. I can't watch comedies. I can't watch sitcoms. I can't watch sketch shows. I can't watch Saturday night live. It's, it's too much. It's, 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 it's like being at work. Yeah. Yeah, because you look at, at home, it and go, on the couch. Yeah. yeah, either that's good or that's bad, or you know, I could have done that better, I guess. <laughs> yes, all all three of those, but that's just between us. <laughs> uh, well, it's it's been lovely to have you on. Um, I, it's it's really interesting. I think you're the first pr- production designer we've had on the show. Oh, so, because wow. uh, cool. uh, as I say, we. Um, we, we talked quite a lot to, to uh, composers and we've had some writers on and stuff. But uh, Well, you should talk to more of them. We have a lot to say, a lot to complain about, and um, <laughs> no one ever asks us our opinion, so it's, it just pours out of us. <laughs> no, well, you, you guys, I, I like talking to the production people because it's, it's far more interesting um, to me. Uh, and I hopefully the audience, but it's far more interesting to me. And and you tend to be easier to get hold of than the actors that will only give you like 10 minutes each time. Mm -hmm. So, so uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, uh, you can have a better conversation with people. It's nice. Right. Oh, I'll get in trouble later, but really who cares? (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. ABC will be like, remember when we were going to hire for that? Well, we didn't, we, you weren't allowed to talk about the show yet. So, (laughs) so if if that gives your listeners um, anything to uh, look forward to, they can see if I got the job or not. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's something we'll definitely watch out for. Um, (laughs) It's, uh, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Um, I, I, hopefully 
you know, at some point, maybe maybe when you should get hired, hopefully when you get hired, yes. you can come back on and talk to us about the, uh, the show. <laughs> I will for sure. Lots of uh, juicy behind the scenes stuff that I'm not allowed to talk about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's been great talking to you, Gary. I will uh, you. speak to you later. Bye. Okay. Thank you again. Bye-bye. That was the interview with Gary. I hope you really enjoyed that. As I say, if you want to look up any of the Key and Peel stuff, it's all over YouTube. Just look for Key and Peel. Peel's uh, P-W-E-L-E. Um, so you can go and find that out. I think actually if you go to Comedy Central, they've got some clips up on the Comedy Central website as well. Uh, and Just Our Magic is available on Amazon Prime. And Downward Dog hopefully will be coming over here at some point in the near future. With that all out of the way, uh, let's give you some air date info. Hello. <laughs> air dates um rather than do air date changes because it's there's been so much that's kind of got cancelled and, and updated this week and there hasn't really been that many changes we'll just go through a few shows that are coming up on tv next week the americans returns for its fourth season on itv encore on the 19th of may at 9 p.m. I kind of lost track of that show. I don't know whether you watched any of those. No, I haven't actually. Um, they are kicking around on some of the streaming services, I think, and it is very good. It's it's an espionage drama set in the 1980s about a group of, of Russian spies that are sort of embedded into normal American life, having sort of, you know, having had kids and kind of, you know, grown up as a couple essentially there but were actually planted there by the by the russians so yeah that that's quite good so uh we've got that bitten comes to sci-fi uk that's the first season of that show um which i think has actually just been cancelled in the us um oh. <laughs> so but it's it's it has got three seasons it's not like one season and you're done uh stars laura vandervoort from smallville and v as elena michaels the only female werewolf in existence uh it's a canadian show um so yeah 19th of may i've not got an exact time for that but i imagine it's going to be nine o'clock ish uh, so there's that. Uh, Banshee season four comes to Sky Atlantic on the 20th of May at 10 p.m. Um, and that is the final season of Banshee. Uh, there's a new show called Rovers, which has been trialed really heavily on Sky One at the moment, um, which stars Sue Johnson and Craig Cash from The Royal Family. And it's a British comedy set in the Rundown Clubhouse of a fictional long league team. And Vikings season three, if you've not been watching on Amazon, it comes to the History Channel on the 24th of May at 10 p.m so you can catch up with it there and unless you've got anything else you want to add in that's everything oh no no that's, that's it for me i think <laughs> good yes it's been a bit of a long one this oh, week <laughs> yes so uh having gone through all those shows it has been quite a long one so um if you want to get in touch um you can reach us at podcast at geektown.co.uk if you want to find any new uh, air dates or watch any of the trailers we've been talking about for the new shows uh, or any of the new information come to geektown.co.uk uh you can find us on uh twitter at geektown on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektown uk that's everything we shall see you next next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 